Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. <laughs> hey, Kylan, how you doing, man? <laughs> okay, don't make fun of me. I'm just really excited. Okay, no, I was okay, I was trying to so join your energy. You shut up. I was like, I was getting on your level, man. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I okay. It 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 felt like mockery, but that's probably just due to my own trauma. And of course, we have beautiful producer Josh Olson. Hey guys, happy to be here. Whoa, Josh, watch where you point that oh, finger. Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's really seductive, Josh. Oh, Let's, that is. Kylan, are you gonna introduce our? <laughs> are you gonna introduce our guest for this episode? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, who's our guest? <laughs> Who is wait, it? She was just here. Heather's gone. Oh, but she, she left, left this left note. note. <laughs> oh, right. What did she write? Oh, getting off to a sweaty start. He is I'm legend here for is, it. Oh, she wrote. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you guys think I'm pretty? Um, by the way, Josh, are... <laughs> guys, very. I am Hollywood. It's, it's... I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. <laughs> I am Hollywood. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been Church Jams now. Thanks. Thank you. Good night. I think we did the record. We're done. We're done. That's it. I think we covered the record. <laughs> it's been sweaty jams uh... now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, <laughs> this is a wish list record of mine, right? Please I confirm it is. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are talking about I Am Hollywood by He Is Legend. Mm. Uh, this, I feel, falls squarely in the sort of kind of love drug rocket summer christian adjacent maybe was just assumed this was a uh Mm. quote-unquote christian band right got lumped in but i am a thousand percent here for it this is definitely a wish list record for me well and i think it falls squarely in the venn diagram of basically a wish list record for all three of us yes yeah so I'm gonna I say don't so. think I think there's so. gonna be I'm, any flops on I'm this. I'm so one. excited. So like <laughs> really? super, super, super like not metal, like not metal TJ. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so excited to because I don't know. Have we have you and I like we haven't talked in depth about this record. I know for a fact Josh and I have. Yes. Uh we have talked about it extensively, but I think I, TJ, I don't feel like we've really I feel like in our friendship earlier on, we've we talked about He is Legend in general and shared our mutual love for them as a band. And I think that it was maybe you know, after uh is that right? I want to say it was after Suck Out the Poison because or no, it would have even been after It Hates You. That would have been like kind of 09, 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So I feel like at that point, I Am Hollywood is more just like a given. It was like a implied, like, well, right. of course, of course this album Almost rules. like like Plans by yes. Death Cab or something. Yeah, you just like, don't even talk about it because it's like, <laughs> duh, you know? Right. What What's to talk right. about? Exactly. Of course we love it. So <laughs> I'm going to say that's what happened. Uh, we so both we're gonna just knew. we're going to struggle to find, find we that loved in this it. show. Yeah. 
We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but. we'll we'll see. We don't know where we're gonna land, guys. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, it's real so hard to tell. We get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I feel like I haven't been this animated on the show in quite some time. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I am Hollywood. <laughs> we're we're just gonna backtrack. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, we know. We all know. Uh, okay, before we dig into it. Josh, do you want to do some research so we get some context on who the heck this American Ooh, rock band he is legend sure love is? To. Mm. Well, of course I would. American rock band he is legend from Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm. Their career is from 2003 to present. They had a little bit of a hiatus around 2009, 10, 11. But they're back, right. baby. They're back maybe stronger than ever, you could say. Uh, I will mention they played in some other bands uh, like Stronghold, No One Wins, and the Uriah Omen before. So they were like playing all together before like becoming He Is Legend in 2003. So I think that's the timeline on He Is Legend. But I think they've all been playing together for a long, long time. And who has been playing together, I will tell you right now, is members for this band on this record are Skylar Kroom on vocals, who's been in the band the entire time, Adam... Tanboo? Tanboos? He has a Z at the end of his name. I don't know how to say his last name, actually. Sorry, Adam, out there. But he is on guitar. Uh, Riff Monster. And he's been in the band the entire time. Still shredding it up. Unreal. Um, on this record and on the next record, we have Mackenzie Bell, who un- who sadly passed away a couple years ago. Mm. So rest mm. in peace, Mackenzie. But he does rhythm guitar on this record. Matt Williams uh, is on bass, who's been in the band the entire time as well. Mm. And Steve Bach is on drums, who was in the band for their first three records. So for the first iteration until the hiatus of the band. Yep. Uh, I Am Hollywood, the record we're covering, was released November 2nd of 2004. So this record is coming out in time for its 19th anniversary. And so I know we were too excited to wait for the 20th. We had to get to it. Yeah, but November 2nd of 2004 was also the day that Mm-hmm came out. So mm-hmm. that, I feel like, gets the 20th anniversary treatment a little more appropriately. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, this is He's Legend's first LP. They've done kind of two EPs. They did an EP as the Uriah Omen, and they did one as He is Legend, which I did find interesting is that they did their EP, 91025. It released in early 2004. They got signed to Solid State and then released this in November of 2004. Wow, they were busy. So, big year. Yep, they sure yeah. were busy. Uh, this came out on okay, Solid State Records. that makes State sense because I was always oh, confused about... I, I was always confused about the timeline of that EP in this mm-hmm. record. Because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like for years I saw kind of varying... Like it came out... Like it would be... Sh- it would show up online as like released after so i was always kind of confused about that this is good context thank you yep. for doing the research job clarification baby happy to help you know that's what i that's what i'm here for this record was released on solid state records it was produced by adam d who we talked about on the bless the martyr episode uh adam dutkowitz uh, yeah. from if you're Killswitch? But, uh, cl- yep from mm, killswitch right. who's produced under Oath, Bless the Martyr, Thrill Seeker by August Burns Red, and many others in the scene. Big, hmm. big guy in the scene. And it was mixed by Adam D as well. 
but it was mastered by Troy Glessner. Our boy Troy. Our Ooh. boy Troy, friend of the show. Nice. Bringing that sonic quality to your ear. Mm, we need to get tasty. Troy back on, by the way. Yeah, I know. I need to reach out to him for his solo up. That's really about all I have. I feel like this is, I don't know, we can talk about this, but like maybe is this the fan favorite record? For some people, I guess. So it has some of their biggest songs on it and definitely some of their live staples right. that they play every show still. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's really about uh, it for well, all I've got for my research. Okay. Do you want the Kylan Savage research? Oh, I didn't know there was. I didn't. Or do we mess up on the logistics? Oh, Josh, yeah. did you not talk to Kylan? No. Well, I, I also. I, can, I, I can, also. I also did did research. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hit me right. up with yeah. it. Yeah. I'm ready so to learn. he is legend. Fun. It's Kylan Savage's fun fact corner. Okay. Any fact can be fun given the right context, right? Yeah. Um, is it fun so size? The, what a, really what a qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he is legend. It's similar to I Am Legend, uh, the 2007 Will Smith movie. Hmm. They saw the movie and they're like, that should I be I guess it's based on a book. No one knows. I mean, no one reads books anymore. So we'll say that they were named after the movie. Okay. Sure. That tracks. Yeah. The album is called I Am Hollywood. Uh, fun fact, Hollywood is an area of Los Angeles uh, in which they produce feature films. And, and has movies. Will Smith been there? He has. Oh, it's all, okay. all coming Smith's together. Connected. Ghost yeah. produced oh, this record. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, why it sounds so great. Yep. That's yep. why it slaps. So, okay. so I am Hollywood. It's Will Smith is saying it, right? It's Will. It's uh, it's a concept record of Will Smith, Will Smith making Willennium. Oh, yeah. It's very adaptation it's like by Charlie a, Kaufman. It's like a documentary <laughs> record about. It's like a wheel record. within a wheel within a yeah, wheel. Right. Yeah. Inception. Wow, man. Uh, no, okay, so actually, right, the, the band is actually named after the novel, right? The Richard Matheson Correct. novel? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So This is real that, people. That novel <laughs> came, came Wait, out. Wait, Kylan's research wasn't uh, real? <laughs> no, it's all real. It's all real, and the points don't matter. The novel came out in 1953, 54, something like that. Um, seminal science fiction novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Matheson. I mean, if you're a fan of the Twilight Zone, uh, I feel like Richard Matheson's right up there for me with like Ray Bradbury in terms oh, yeah. of like influential mm-hmm. science fiction writers. Uh, that doesn't have much bearing on this album, but I feel like <laughs> it's good context. The, the pedantic, the pedantic nerd in me has to at least <laughs> let you know that I know. I'm here for it. I mean, he also wrote "What Dreams May Come," and that's that's like a weird factoid because that those two yeah. movies are completely different so you wouldn't picture right like, those movies coming from the same right uh novel adaptations I am and, right yeah. it's similar to like like ian fleming wrote james bond and chitty chitty bang bang right. like the actual title <laughs> are pretty of chitty chitty bang bang yeah. is is ian fleming's transforming chitty chitty bang cool bang. stuff <laughs> that's the common denominator right yeah. right that's what he was trying to get to with the James Bond stuff. And then he gets, you know, it. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was his, he was his magnum opus, sure. if you will. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, aren't we all Hollywood? The rails fast. Uh, <laughs> we're all Hollywood. I think that's what we're um, okay. saying. Let's talk I about that. Let's, let's. You are. I am Hollywood. No, I am Hollywood. <laughs> it's the you, millennium, guys. It's Big Willie style. I am Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I started out so good. Uh, I don't yep. know what led us to here. I do know what led us to here. So let's talk about this record. This is a huge, 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 huge record for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I okay. I have a very funny story of when I first got this record. This came out two thousand four. I was on a school trip, and there was a kid in my class who was like, so I was fourteen. Uh, there was a kid in my class who was like, really into like screamo and heavy music, and I was just getting into like heavy music at this time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a lot of albums. You know, we talked about this before, Josh. Like, I love a lot of those, like, metalcore screamo albums that are really shitty. Mm-hmm. And then once they got, like, you know, like Devil Wears Prada and Bless the Fall and things like that. And then Bring Me the Horizon, Chiodos, like, all the early records that are terrible production quality. Like, the singer can't sing, but there's something, like, I just love those albums. Mm-hmm. So this kid in my class, Stuart something, uh, on our class trip, we stopped for, I don't remember why, but we stopped at like Barnes and Noble. Hmm. And he, I remember the album, he found the album there and he came to me and we weren't, we were like kind of friends, not like really, really like, like really friends. And he told me, uh, he's like, dude, this album is so good. Uh, I really want to buy it. I don't have enough money. Could you spot me twelve dollars? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he like the really didn't record. have enough money. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, can you spot me and I will burn it for you? Hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure, okay. Like, why not? Hmm. I wanted him to think I was cool, and. Uh, he actually did. I was worried for a while that he he wasn't going to. Man, you bought it. You should have burned um, it for him. You should have kept the cup. <laughs> I know. I know. I got swindled. I got swindled hard. You did. For sure. <laughs> but he burned it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is like really <laughs> shitty. But uh, he burned it for me and it blew my freaking mind, guys. <laughs> like at this time I was getting into really heavy music this introduced me to the concept that heavy music, like you can mix really good musicality with heavy music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can add clean And it tone. can be produced well. Right. Right, exactly, yeah. You can add like, uh, like jazz elements. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Dinner with a Gypsy is, feels very jazzy to me. And this just became a staple of my entire life. Like, I Am Hollywood is my second biggest go-to road trip album after Plans by Death Cab. I'll listen to Plans nice. all the way through, <laughs> then I'll listen to I Am Hollywood. Those are basically the same On every album. road trip. So, right. <laughs> yeah. This is huge for me. And then Suck Out the Poison came out, and I was initially... Very much not into it. And then, Josh, we started Del Sur, and I started getting more into, like, Southern metal. 
and I revisited that album and I was like, oh, this album is also so freaking good. It's really <laughs> different Very. Uh, from I Am Hollywood, but it's really good. And then I hate it. It hates you. And I need to go, I need to revisit that album. Yeah, because Josh, Ooh, I think you uh, and I both love It Hates You, right? I love It Hates yeah. You. Yeah, we love I You guys do. I know. Your, so you're know, wrong about I that. It, but I haven't fine. listened yeah. to it. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I have it on CD. I think I stole it from Joe. Nice. I have it on CD in my car. Uh, I need to revisit it. I really need to give it another chance. I just remember it feeling more like stoner metal. It's real mm. sludgy. It is. It is. Yeah. And I was not into that when it when it came out. So anyway, I feel like I've been rambling a lot, but that's my history with He Is Legend and I Am Hollywood. It's, it's, to me, I'm going to go ahead and play my hand. 10 out of 10, no notes. Uh, so this has been Church Jams Now. Whoa. I guess I'll quit <laughs> and leave the rest of it to y'all. All it's right. Gonna, uh, <laughs> wow. Well, thanks. Like, uh, this isn't just one of my favorite, like, of the albums that we cover on the show. This is like... Like I said, this is like Death Cab S tier for me. Like mm-hmm. perfect record. This is this is this is often an album I cite when people ask, "What are perfect records for me?" Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like this is fun because we have on the show where each of us will bring records that we love to everyone else, and there's always like the "Are the guys gonna like it?" kind of thing. I feel like it doesn't happen very often where we're in this situation right. where you bring this record and we're all like so excited to like, yes, of course we all love this record. Like that doesn't happen a ton. I feel like. Yeah. So it's, it's fun while it lasts. Right. That's true. And, and the first time it happened, I think was the question by Emery and that was such a boring episode, but (laughs) I've got a lot of, I've personally have a lot of specific musical moments on this record. Uh, So I think it'll be a more interesting conversation. Mm. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Speaking of interesting conversations, I would love to hear TJ's history with this record. Yeah. So I know we talk a lot about, or it comes up often, how like I'm the least metal on the podcast. And that's true, but I think I've also done some work maybe more recently to qualify what that means, which is to say that there are some like metal or hardcore bands and albums out there that I am crazy about and I adore basically everything about them. So I think I'm just more particular, like my, um, my pie chart for like metal, hardcore, post-hardcore, screamo, anything in that realm is like a little bit smaller. Like my pie is just my pie tin, if you will, is a little bit smaller maybe than yours. Right, right. So it, it fills up a little Got like faster. Like a hand pie. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's why I like those right. little like single serving ones. Sure, but the yeah. but the ingredients <laughs> that go into this pie, y'all, they are quality. They are like chef's kiss, top tier. <laughs> They're getting like uh, flour right. flown in from France and like berries flown in. I don't know. I think we got good got berries some, like, here in the beautiful Northwest. Beautiful semolina, some zero zero, some zero zero flour, some organic homegrown exactly. Marion berries. Good, like, good, I love shit. it. So all that to say. I Am Hollywood is in the pie. Like, it is part of this, like, creme de la creme, you know, top-tier ingredients list. Also on that list, and this is zeroing in on an era for me and, like, some of this harder stuff, 0405 was, like, a big... It was, like, a boom boom year or two years 
for me liking a lot of that stuff. You got I'm Hollywood. You got No Sir Nihilism's Not Practical by Showbread coming out in 04 as well. Right. You also have The Week's End, Emery. You've got Mm -hmm. They're Only Chasing Safety, Under Oath. They're Only Chasing Safety? Yeah. You've got um, Son I Loved You coming out in 05. Right? We've covered that. Right. You've got uh, The Great Depression from Blindside. They're like, they're kind of in that weird kind of middle space of like right. hard, hard rock. But, and then they dropped about a burning fire in 04 that I went back to later. And then you've also got Norma Jean, Oh God, the aftermath in 05. Those were all like seminal albums for me for that sound and that, that world. And like, I'm Hollywood was like top of the pile. Uh, hmm. so it was, a, it was definitely a big one. It was like, it was getting a lot of rotations. The CD was getting a lot of rotations in my car and my friends' vehicles as we bopped around our little small Texas town, trying it's, to trying to be okay. Little punk is this kids. just me? Like we're not country, we're not Texas, right. we're like or we're screamo it, kids, you know? <laughs> right. Yep. Is it so much? It is. I am Hollywood. The perfect, like, pump up song. Yeah. To play for people that aren't expecting like heavy music. Yes. It is, like it might be objectively the best, like because like, it's, like it's a my left favorite. Turn. It's my favorite surprise song. Yes, yes, but it's totally fun. Like it, it should. I feel like the right. intention is like to to pump people up and make them excited, not to like scare them away. I feel like it does that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like playful the enough. The seduction. Where, like, even if you aren't into metal, like, you can still enjoy it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right, Josh. What about you, man? It's fitting that this is a Kylan wish list wish list record because this is a record kylan introduced to me actually nice before i met kylan uh i'd only heard stampede from suck up the poison on a solid state comp that i bought Mm. Uh, that was very pivotal for me and discovering bands but i didn't ever listen to he's legend from it because i was like stampede was fine it didn't draw me in or whatever yeah that's a weird song to pick like, it why is not, a weird like, song to pick on that one. Yes, that would make much more sense. On that album, like, yes. they're, yeah. <laughs> yep, there are much better picks from that record. <laughs> uh, you just named two of them. Um, so, yeah, very odd. But then I met Kylan uh, my first year of college, and you quickly, I say kind of quickly, it was a couple months, I remember, but you got me into He Is Legend, and I was loving it and so i went to and as i was back then salem today i'm a big cd guy and physical media so i was going around to different like best buys trying to find this record and it was very hard to find it wasn't in like any of the ones that i would go to so i was like looking for it for a long time Hmm. whenever i'd go to new places i would like do they have i am hollywood um and it wasn't until in november of 2009 i went to go see the almost was doing the week that monster monster came out. They were doing a lot of in-store performances um, where they would play songs acoustically and you can meet and greet the band and have them sign stuff. So I went to a Best Buy in uh, somewhere in like, I can't remember some, somewhere in Dallas. That's not a normal area that I was going to, to go see the almost play. And I saw them play, got to meet them, whatever. Uh, 
And then I was there and I but just But who cares? Checked. Because I found, <laughs> who cares? I found, well, I mean, it was a great day because I saw them play. And then I also found I Am Hollywood there. So I was like, yes. Mm. So I bought it there. And, and then he burned it for me. And then I burned it for you. Yeah, I borrowed Kylan's money and I bought it. You were the friend. <laughs> it was me the whole time. What did you no, name him Dylan or something? times in my life. <laughs> You've been swindled out of I Am Hollywood <laughs> multiple yeah. times. Yep. So, uh, and ever since then, got into He Is Legend and I still listen to them a lot to this day. And yeah. Love this record. So um, I will say Kylan already gave his bot predictions. I mean, this is going to be an easy bop. No surprise. I don't have to even listen to it. Or Like, obviously, it's an easy bop. But I do have a personal goal for this episode mm. is that my cousin Zach has never gotten into He Is Legend or this album. And I think I don't think he could really get into the band, but I think he would like this album. Mm. So my goal with this episode is for him to listen to it and for us to talk about how great this record is, and for it to finally push right, him over the make, edge. We're gonna make Zach a fan. We'll bring Zach to yeah. the legend set. That's yeah. what. Yes, that's what I'm looking to get out of this episode. Let's personally, go. I like yep. it. I love that. Yeah, yeah I'm also dude, curious gonna to see. So, I'm like which song we all like least. I think that's like a more interesting yeah. component to this mm, for sure. uh, episode. Um, because I feel like that will inform maybe the rest of their discography, how we feel each going through the other albums in the future. I like that. You know? Yes. Looking forward See, this is what I was bit. talking about in the Supernatural episode of how, like, you break the rules in the most articulate way. <laughs> like, that's, like, perfect for this discussion. I love it. I love it. I'm here Flipping for it. Flipping the script, y'all. Look out. Uh, yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. I think we're going to take some time to listen to Do we get the, an official bop from TJ? Greatest? Oh, did I need to say it? Oh, yeah. I, I am Hollywood. I, I am do. Hollywood. <laughs> I know I am Hollywood. No, I, I am Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. <laughs> I am Hollywood. Okay, guys, we're going to take a break and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, jammers, interrupting the show here to talk about our favorite sponsor ever, CollideRecords.com. For those of you that may not know, or if it's your first time listening to us, CollideRecords.com has been the greatest sponsor ever. They have vinyl, CDs, all of your physical media needs that you might have. A lot of stuff that we actually cover on this show. That's true. And you know what's even better is if you use our promo code. We have a promo purchase, code. You can get what percentage off? Uh, 20% off. 20? 20. 20. Whole 20%. That's wild. Josh, what's that promo code? Hit him with it. Promo code is Church Jams Now, all one word, to get 20% off your first order at Collide Records. Uh, and I would recommend just going and checking out their new releases tab to see what they've mm-hmm. recently got in stock or mm-hmm. check out their pre orders as well. They've always got some new cool stuff coming in as well. In addition to looking up all your old favorites of super hard to find CDs or very awesome precedents of vinyl. I mean, yeah, so fill out that back cool catalog, you know, and do it exactly a little, a uh, little on the cheap. It's the way to go. So we'll say that one more time: colliderecords.com, promo code Church Jams now for twenty percent off your first purchase. And let's get back to the show. 
Thank you. Hey, Jammers. Kylan here with beautiful producer Josh and co-host TJ Smith. I just want to implore you to please, if you've got a second, you should rate and review us on iTunes. Yes. And rate on Spotify. And Spotify. Yeah. So I fully don't mm-hmm. understand why, but it is very helpful for us. If you like the show and you listen to the show, give us a review or give us a rating. The reviews, like you have to type out the the, the ratings. You don't even have to do that. It's like one click of a button. That's three so seconds. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pick a star. If you like the show, Blam. just take a second to do that. That would be super, super, super helpful for us. Uh, we crazy appreciate it. And I just want to take a second to talk about our Patreon that we have as well. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff in there. So if you like the show, sign up on Patreon. Uh, I'm going to call out our $2, our tier start at $2. And for that, you can get our early access to episodes in our WCJN episodes, which in conjunction with this episode of I Am Hollywood, I'm planning to do a WCJN covering He Is Legend's Black Unicorn Split EP that they did with the classic case. Oh, so you get nice. to hear those mm. exclusive songs with me. I'm going to play them. I'm going to talk about them it's gonna be a good time that's so so sign up for that and you get to have early access to episodes and some fun wcjn stuff that sounds great so do it up it's not that hard thank you so much all right let's get back to the show oh welcome back to church jams now I hope you enjoyed those ads as much as we enjoyed making them. Guys, if I sound super excited and crazy, I may be mirroring the energy (laughs) from part A. It has been a week, and boy, has it been a week for me. Lots of things have happened. But we are talking about one of my favorite albums of all time, I Am Hollywood by He Is Legend. We have taken time to listen to it and write notes. Although, can I say, I considered, I listened to this album... This week, no less than five times all the way through. And every single time I thought to myself, should this be the first church jams now in which I do not write notes for part B? You probably (laughs) do. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, thank God, I I I pushed that intrusive thought aside and I did write notes. (laughs) So I have things to talk about. But I am so familiar with this album. I feel like, okay, I feel mm. like, I wonder if this is how guests feel when they bring on mm. a specific album, because this is such an important album to me. And I'm so thoroughly familiar with it that I mm-hmm. think I could talk about it at length without writing notes. Although, yeah, you probably so. could. Probably could. So yeah. that is my general I'm curious to see if it if it is that kind of situation or if it's that we're all so familiar with it that we're like, I don't know, it just rules. And it's another Emory. I'm, I'm really I'm curious. I, I, I think I, we've learned our lesson. I think we did. We'll I, th- I think, like I've said before, between the question and doing the As Cities Burn deep dive, I think we've learned our right. lesson on albums that we all generally think are rad. Like how to, how to talk about them right. in an interesting way. But right. we'll see. We could end this by I just certainly going like, hope so. Like this is rad. I don't know what to say. <laughs> this <laughs> has been Church Games now. <laughs> All right. So, do we have any <laughs> other general thoughts before we dive into this record? I did just want to mention that the track list is divided into four acts and a finale in mm. on mm-hmm. the record. So, I don't think it really goes with any of the like a concept or a theme throughout the record, but just fun thing. It is like the first three songs are act one. And then you have some, some blocking in some of the song titles as well. 
Well, that being mm-hmm. said, I I do think this is a very, 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 very loose concept record. Hmm. Oh, get uh, ready, okay. y'all. Just okay, ready. yes. Oh, TJ, I'm so oh. ready. I'm so ready <laughs> for the TJ professor philosopher analysis of what the this TJ record special. is. Yes. <laughs> You're okay. ready to yeah. be it's seduced into TJ's yes. oh, there we theories go. Okay. of this record. That's right. Let's get my, right into my, my it. My creepy realm. With track number one, The Seduction. Okay, my first note. Talon, you're you're a big intro guy. I want to know. Yeah, here's my first note. And first song guy. Yeah, yeah. Is is this the best album opener of all time? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I thought you would feel that way. I was like, it's a perfect banger opening track. Like, it just is. So, like I've said so many times, like, album openers are so important mm-hmm. because they set the tone. Like, if done mm-hmm. well, if done right, they set the tone of, like, what is to be expected on the rest of the record. This, in my mm-hmm. opinion, does it absolutely perfectly Mm -hmm. this album is so unexpected all the way throughout and this song encapsulates that perfectly yeah it's like a thesis to the rest of the album it really is because like okay if you're hearing this for the first time like like i'm so excited for you right now if you are (laughs) yeah yes yes i am yes we are all so get ready to meet your new best friend welcome yes um okay like like you hear it you hear his vocals and you hear the instrumentation and you're like okay i know what this is it's like a very typical like emo screamo kind of metalcore kind of thing right it's very Mm -hmm. like like high-pitched vocal kind of higher scream yelly kind of thing and then when they boom, death metal screams happen. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And then you get yeah. used to that. And then you're like, okay, this is maybe like kind of really like heavy music. And then the chorus hits and it's like straight, like clean vocals. It's mm-hmm. it's like pure ADHD wet dream. This whole no. album yeah, and this magic. song. <laughs> yes. It makes mm-hmm. sense as like as someone with ADHD, someone like like neurodivergent <laughs> ADHD. Mm-hmm. I listened to this multiple times with my wife and I told her, this is what the inside of my brain feels like. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, like, I've thought about that before. Like that why makes so much sense. This I know why this album and specifically like why this song and like the last song for sure, like connect with you so much because it's like part, 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 new thing, new thing, new thing. And it's just like going, going, going. And right. it makes just so much sense that this would, but all of you. the parts like groove and like, as opposed to when we talked about the, in our NFL episode where you were like the, the parts don't groove enough. I can't like sink my, my teeth into them. This is an example of, all the parts happening where you can really like lounge inside the song and like immerse yourself into, you know, each drum part, each bass part, each guitar part, all of the different vocal styles that, that happen throughout the album and this song. So it really, it really tracks. And I, I relate to that too. Like it's so, there's so much ear candy. Like they are, they know how to jam pack a song. 
full of like all these tasty components mm-hmm. on all kinds of different levels. And it, it just makes it a dream to, to listen to. There's no boring moments. Yeah. Awesome. And early in like artist careers it's pretty typical to like especially when like when we're writing songs or artists where they're young like you're just writing a lot of riffs and then you try to like piece them together in parts and stuff like that and i feel like this is almost on the edge of like just throwing a lot of riffs and parts together and a lesser band wouldn't have been able to pull it off because there's moments where i'm like yes this just like cuts to this part and you're like it almost doesn't work but it does. But and it like, does. They yeah. just they just make it work. Yeah. Reason I I fully it's well, some it's because kind of they're all all crazy musicians. Yes, and we will yeah. definitely yeah. get into that as as the record progresses. One of the one of the biggest things the, this was a note I had on a later song, but this seems like a good point to bring it up. They do a really good job of in every single part. They'll usually like let someone go crazy and everyone mm-hmm. else is simple enough to just kind of carry it Sit and back. highlight it. It's yep. very, it's yep. very like, like jazz band. They might be North Carolina's yeah. finest jazz band. Finest jazz band. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. really understand that. Sorry, that, beloved. <laughs> <laughs> like they fully understand that dynamic and like how to play mm-hmm. as a band. Yep. How to serve the song in each moment. And it's not just yes. like all flash from everyone all the time, but just Correct. enough flash from each person at the right time. Yes. Yeah. It's it's this perfect blend. They get it. Yes. I also have to say at two minutes, you got to. 34 seconds. You got to. Yes. It's the first of many. I mean, literally, I have time codes for it. every single song. The uh-huh. sweetest of sweet, sweet bass, my man. Like, mm-hmm. it's true. It is just perfect. <laughs> mm, man. Yeah. And it's then, a lot of that. my favorite part about that is how, like, that showcases what we're describing that moment because that bass is so busy, but there's nothing else happening to get in the way of it. And then at 237, the the drums come in with this insanely fast tom roll that feels almost inhuman. Like it's like unreal how, how it's crammed in there, but it doesn't get in the way. It's not intrusive. It just works. And then in the outro jam, that whole little like section of the song is, is just like kind of jam, jam bliss. (laughs) That, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) like the band is like, the reason why I think it's perfect for me specifically is they are like a super jammy band, but I've talked about how much I don't mm-hmm. like jam bands. It's like consolidated jam, but it's though. yeah, it's it's yeah, concise. It's mm-hmm. And but yeah, but they know how the to thing fill is, the song, but not over. Is it. yeah, we we've definitely talked about that uh, on other records of like like Josh, like you were saying of just kind of throwing a bunch of riffs out there and it, and me not being able to hook into like a riff or a groove or a jam, but they somehow are able to do these like small little grooves that are like 15 to 30 seconds and then move on to something totally different, mm-hmm. but they're just long enough or just catchy enough mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, this is great. I love this. Okay. On to the next part. Yeah. Economic. <laughs> Economic jams. Yeah. I wrote that. I wrote that's that. Uh, that's a note oh, for, for a later yes. song. Yeah, 
uh, I will bring that up later. Okay, nice guys. Do we have anything else yeah. about the seduction besides the fact that it's the greatest I, album opener of all time? I have I have so much, but it's all about the lyrical analysis. So okay. if we're ready okay. for that, uh, yeah, yeah, I can uh, take us. I've got some lyrics. Let's get too, it started. So yeah. Let's get it started because this is a concept album. Josh, what do you got? Well, I just want to so. say I have a little bit. Yeah, I don't have as much prepared lyrically than as you do, I'm sure. But I just love the idea of mashing up the story of Romeo and Juliet, like Juliet and Princess Peach in the song of like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I am off to find the princess. Yep. She's in another castle. But I feel like that's like the perfect way as this is the opening song of this record and the opening song in his legends, like full length discography. Sure. They did the EP before, but mm-hmm. of Skylar's writing style of using like familiar stories and a lot of fairy tales Mm -hmm. as well, but then like putting his own spin on things. So he uses these things you're familiar with and he'll pepper them in and then like even combine them like Juliet and princess peach from Mario. And it, and it just works. It's so unique and it works so well. And it only just like, this is, he develops that further into their career, which is great. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's why this is just such yeah. a perfect record for me. It's all pop culture. It's like all <laughs> small little pop culture references. But yeah. it's not just pop culture with with no substance. Right. right? It's not pop culture for the That's sake the of part, pop culture. Exactly. Which like you might think about something like other bands like Newsboys or DC Talk or whatever where they or even like um, you know, Larry Norman, sometimes it feels like they're just kind of throwing things at the wall. Like, let's just mention this. Let's mention this. Mm-hmm. And there's there's moments where it works and it actually does serve a purpose and has some kind of, you know, greater metaphor that it's making or has some substance to it. So I'm not I'm not trying to just throw shade at those people, but more more so to just point out the fact that I do think Skylar is like writing in a very thoughtful way where he is using those tropes and those like pieces of pop culture to make a statement right. and the choices that he's making are very thoughtful. Like this isn't just, you know, mentioning a character from a TV show. It's like, like you're saying, Josh, it's, it's citing a work that is kind of universal. Like a lot of people know, Well, he's, and then he's, also he's, pairing he's, it with some other stuff that's happening in a more yeah. modern context. He's able to like utilize and synthesize American, like specifically American mythology to mm-hmm. to essentially like to build out his own sort of like pantheon of of American fairy tales mixed with like yes like old European fairy tales and and Homer esque mm-hmm. mythology to yeah. like tell <laughs> yeah, no, a universal I, tale exactly I I literally wrote oh, this is Brothers oh, Grimm so Homer funny. Mother Goose Tolkien Margaret Atwood. Lewis, George George R. R. Martin, Madeline Langle, and some like crazy Joseph Campbell nightmare. Yeah. All wrapped up in like social commentary. The whole thing is crazy. The the only thing I could like really find in terms of them talking about it is like one brief little like interview snippet where he talks about like the album is kind of about like the darker side of quote unquote Hollywood. Like this, this, right. this That's idea pretty over. of like, right. I mean, the album is called I Am Hollywood. And if you listen to, if you literally only listen to the first song and the last song, it also tells a story mm-hmm. of just like right. someone 
kind of coming to Hollywood, very young, naive, that gets seduced by this like dark system and it ends like really darkly, mm-hmm. which also feels like a very specifically American tale. If if you want to, you know, if you pay attention to the kind of stories that we tell within our like like film history. Like there's a lot of movies mm-hmm. that are about Hollywood, the light side and the dark side. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's just yeah. something that as a culture, we're very specifically kind of fascinated with of like people mm-hmm. making it and then people almost making it and then failing. And this mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. focuses on the very like dark side of that. Yeah. And, damn, and this first song so is such a, a great like setup for that because I I think like hot take maybe, but I think the the one of the points they're making or that they or that I interpret at least in this album is like the bait and switch and consequences of yeah that happen along the way a lot of times of like right. chasing that fame, glamour, power. A lot of it is power. Like there's so much right. about power dynamics in in this mm-hmm. album. Um but it's you don't even think about it and it doesn't feel none of it feels heavy handed or forced. That's what's that's what's so great about it. Um, yeah. it all just comes off as really interesting storytelling. You know, the combination Which, though, to your point, Josh, about like, like the Juliet the and the Princess Peach yeah. thing is like so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like y- you're jumping from from like character or idea to idea quickly enough that none of it feels sort of hacky or, or silly. Right. It's all just like, oh, I see what you did there. Like the, the well, princess yeah, is in another castle. I guess I gotta just, keep going. You're, you're so caught up in every single moment of the record, right? That by the time it's over, like like the best movies, like okay, like I kept thinking mm-hmm. throughout this whole record, I kept drawing comparisons to Boogie Nights. I don't know if either of y'all have seen that. But <laughs> that's like one of my favorite yeah. movies, and uh-huh. it's like kind of a similar thing. And that movie is literally like three hours long but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it because it's so energetic mm-hmm. and so much stuff is happening that by the end of it, you're like, Oh yeah, this was a great hour of my life that I spent. And you're like, wait, that was three hours. That was, three. and then you start like contemplating what it was all about. <laughs> and you realize kind of after the fact, like you, your brain starts to catch up with like the adrenaline that just flows through you throughout the entire experience. Mm-hmm. so to like set the stage of of a way to interpret this album if we're thinking of it as a concept album is starting with this kind of more basic but still very like kind of deranged and twisted version of romeo and juliet right right so we've got like the romeo and juliet characters and the tension and like her wanting to run away and then there's also like a parent dynamic happening of like they're worried right. about losing their daughter blah 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 but then we also get this weird moment where it flips for me at least my interpretation of the the line about jumping over buildings and sleeping in the streets feels very much like a like a werewolf like like b film or or some other kind of like creature of the night or like monster tale well, the whole thing too um, I, I don't know i don't know if you you had considered this but like in the original superman comics his whole thing was he he couldn't fly. His his first original power was he could jump over buildings. Leaping over buildings. Yeah. Right. It's just... Uh, leap it's leap just, bow, tall buildings in a single bound. 
yeah it's just mm-hmm. like so many mm-hmm. layers man and and so for so, me but, my but interpretation the character's like running away right? right and he's like maybe trying to run after her or save her or chase her or whatever I guess yeah be. so my entire interpretation of it was like beyond the whole like Romeo and Juliet thing was if you see this as a concept album of like the darker mm-hmm. side of Hollywood, this is like the classic someone arrives in Hollywood on a bus. And so the romance is Oh yeah, actually, that's Juliet. That's right. what I'm saying. So, so Juliet's yeah, yeah. going to Hollywood. Right. So the romance is actually between the concept of like fame and power and money. Mm-hmm and movie stardom and like a young right. naive woman god it's so good right okay in classic cjn fashion we have talked about that first song for entirely too long uh, let's <laughs> move on to track well, we're setting number the stage two. you know <laughs> that's true act one here's track number two eating a book I think it was a perfect decision to start this with the drums right after the seduction. Like, like they, they really keep the energy up Mm. and of course more sweet, sweet bass in the intro. Of course. And yeah, the, uh, to bring up the word that Josh said before, like it all sounds so full, but economical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. The chorus is so tense and like brooding. It's like got this kind of, bubbling kind of feeling you know yeah but i do like the it's still moving ahead yeah and but i i love the line i i interpret it as funny as like don't you think it's strange that i've been reading like right i i've always seen that as like mm-hmm. a funny line like yeah, yeah. Isn't this oh yeah it's fun? hilarious in the strange i'm reading like yeah so um, like, like we know me i don't i don't read yeah i would right. do this it's also to uh, me got the, some real some real like buffy vibes because that was the whole thing with her of like she's fighting monsters mm. but doesn't like do mm-hmm. any research like doesn't want to like read about them and then there is like one episode of buffy where mm-hmm. she like, learns how to defeat a monster by like reading about it i just i don't know if really? that was oh, nice. oh, that's great uh but that was some context so what's really funny too is besides one note about the very end all the rest of my notes for this song are everything that i just talked about for the first song uh is it a concept <laughs> album it is someone coming to hollywood very boogie nights like that was yeah so mm-hmm. I, I think the rest of this is gonna go faster josh just heads up all right cool i just wanted to keep that in mind for all of us so yeah not that i don't think it's interesting i'm just like this is gonna be a long episode if we yeah. do which is fine i think i think this it's just good. like the thing is this feels like specifically for people like tj and i like this feels like a perfect Venn diagram of like you can think about and and talk about and tear apart all the parts like yes. all the individual mm-hmm. parts of this record so much and also like total vibe and you can it's vibe just like it. it's just like a yes. fun yes. fast energetic yeah that you can just blast through yeah mm-hmm. it really is a great blend of those of those two components flies so good I was having a hard time like trying to match this with 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 my interpretation though because initially it was like okay i i have this kind of 
Juliet character, right? She's the princess. She's, you know, whatever you want to call her. And then there's like the Romeo character. And yeah, she's running off to Hollywood to fall in love with Hollywood. And that's what that's where Romeo is getting left behind. Um, mm. And there's also the parents that are concerned. But but then I was thinking like the book that she's reading might be like the culture. Like she's trying to like absorb the culture and like understand what it means to like be, you know, an Angelino. Angelino. And the tension between like knowledge is power and also like curiosity killed the cat. Like that idea of like you, you, you dip your toes into a world you don't understand and it can like kind of take its toll and mess you up. And so I was, I was very kind of, eventually I found my way to that interpretation of like, okay, she's like trying to get into this world and understand it, but maybe she's getting in over her head and that's like her exploding, you know, like, or kind of, it's like doing her in the shape that your head is in, you know, like it's, it's kind of getting the best well, of her okay, maybe so in a way. My, my whole interpretation of this, like as a concept record is like, cause this is, uh, you know, the, the very first line, there's a monster in my room. We discuss movies over coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the monster is great like, line, by the way. Can is, we just say that? Yeah. <laughs> is like, like, a like a shady agent or manager. Right. Sure. Like, like, like right. you go. Yeah. A representative well, of the, the culture. He shook right. my hand and tried to eat me. Like it's yeah. a friend yeah. of like, that's like the whole devour. Thing. Yeah. God, it's so good. Right. It's so good. Like you're the victim of the system. Somebody else is trying to take advantage of you. It's like being basically. friendly, but also like preying on you simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. But also Kylan, did you think about the Freddy Krueger angle? Just, I just want to get in as many of those references that I'm like catching or seeing or, or feeling out. No, I did I'm, not. I'm trying hard not to meet you when I'm sleeping. When Still, I'm I don't know how to kill you. Ah, dude, I didn't even think about the Freddy. That feels Kruger like some Kruger yes. action. <laughs> and yeah, dude. and specifically, yeah, oh my, oh my God! They you tie this into Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1996, which that was like pre-Scream, but that was like the first sort of like meta horror movie mm. of like Hollywood is real. Mm. Freddy Krueger is real, but then he becomes like a celebrity. Oh, oh my God! No, this oh, is so wow. good. I'm, I'm so yes, and yeah. and I feel like the way these lyrics are, like it's got to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. I love mm-hmm. that y'all are doing and this. Also, <laughs> oh, <sorry>. what, what <laughs> Josh? I love that y'all are all doing this. And my first note is this intro riff is pretty Van Halen. <laughs> it is though. You're so right. It totally is. I, I also my first note was this is such an eighties metal album, like in so many ways. Yeah. Like it is Van Halen. Yep. You're nailing it. I was like, oh, I was like I love the levels that we're at. they could write a song like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have another classic rock band reference later on in this record. Well, that's good because Josh, I feel like TJ and I are gonna get real conceptual with this and we need someone to ground us with like music production notes it is (laughs) just so i'm covering my bases i'm just going to quickly throw in the other references that i feel like it was okay please i'm not going to shoehorn anything but it made me think of like slender man or other like scary folktale characters it also made me think of like zombie films where like they keep a zombie as a pet and like they have conversations with it uh it had evil dead vibes it also had some jekyll and hyde kind of yeah components and that's yeah throughout this that was my thing it was like this one was very much like okay and then if you tie it back to the concept it's like it's very like b horror movie 
which mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you're like a it, young naive girl going to Hollywood, that like v- that's a very specific tale of like getting into those sort of like schlocky like hammer films or even like canon right. films of the time. That's your like, way in. Yeah, of like yeah. low budget a, a, like exploitative horror films. Right. Which mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah. exploitation is the name of the game with the lyrical content of this song. And it also reminded me of Naked Lunch. Like mm. the creature in my bedroom we discuss movies over coffee, like the conversation that the William Williams Bros character has with this like creature. Like it was making me think about that. And also scanners because you're gonna explode and Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it so I'm I'm trying to get on your level here, Kylan, with like the weird pulpy I love like, it. This is movie jams now, my man. <laughs> okay, it's all connecting. Like why this is like this this is literally I would say Plans by Death Cab is my favorite album of all time. And this is probably mm. my second favorite. Wow. Yeah. It's up there. Wow. It's it's it's, it's definitely up there. That's big. Them's big. And words. it's fun Lady. doing this on the show to kind of like Oh yeah. Because I've never like articulated it. I've never been able to like articulate why it connects with me so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm on the musical vibes with you too, Josh, because that funkadelic <laughs> breakdown around 242, that is money. Like oh, that is yeah. that is like the best. Cause they do that break earlier in the song, but they don't break it down to just bass. Right. Mm-hmm. And like ba- that kind of bass drums groove, like I think they're maybe the best funk band in North Carolina. Like, ooh. I have a lot of funk notes. They're somewhere yeah. in the middle of yes. like jazz and funk. Yeah. They're in there, in that pocket. For sure. And, guys, it's, it's to, to bring it back to our spoken episode, they end the song with a screamy mm. baby. Baby! <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's baby. so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. great. All right. I love that. Let's go ahead and move on to track three, The Creature Walks. I think we need to end this end this scene. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's mm-hmm. we've been let's going for a while for an act one. Let's end this scene in the third one. Yep. I love bringing it down of like kind of like mm-hmm. chill and groovy, like great That's dynamic, perfect dynamic yeah. place for it. Yeah. It, this whole album is sequenced perfectly. No, like it I, slows it down I have well. no sequence notes on this yeah. record. Like, no. yeah. Other than it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, perfect. and I like that this is the first instance so far on the record of like clean guitar Mm-hmm. But it's really reserved. But I like that what makes the whole record, like all of the transitions seem perfect, is like the amount of of clean guitar tone. It, it's like a bell curve, right? And it grows exponentially, mm-hmm. hits really hard in the middle, and then kind of tapers off again. And this is where you first mm-hmm. kind of start to hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Look right. at you. Bring some science to yeah, like our <laughs> podcast here. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to mm-hmm. Science Jams Now. I also love the Ooh, tambourine in the chorus. It feels super poppy, but it's not cheesy at yes. all. Yes. No, it grooves, man. 
it's perfect with that bass line. Yeah. And the guitar. Yeah. Yep. They just work. I want to say if you are listening to this record, perhaps for the first time, and he's legend in general, if you enjoy Skylar's voice, don't expect it to sound like this in the rest of their discography. Because it gets no kidding. much grittier and raspier on the second record mm-hmm. and then from beyond. So it's just crazy like hearing because like this is just I mean, we've heard this we've been listening to this record for years, so it's like, we just know, like, he just sounds like this, and then it sounds a little bit different, but, like, when you think about it, like, how drastically his voice changes between this record and the mm. next record and then the rest it's of their crazy. discography, it's so much. Like, he sounds yeah, like a little uh, baby on this one, but still, like, great vocals. Mm-hmm. He's very in command of his voice. Yeah. Just totally different. Totally different, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's why I didn't super connect with the rest of the... He is legend discography, kind of like we talked about in part A, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this one, yeah, it's like so strong, and specifically like the clean parts. But yep. yeah, this one feels like weirdly like glam meets southern metal, kind of like like a little bit of a precursor to the next album, right? But like still very much kind of I noticed that specifically this last week, like listening to it more. I noticed a lot more of those sort of precursors to suck mm-hmm. out the poison like a lot more kind of southern stuff yeah like, which i feel like it came about yeah i i think the like glam rock and like southern rock kind of like blended into each other well I mean, yeah i mean that's what roman yep. talked about how maylene started as more classic rock influence and then that right drove them down the southern route so i think same thing and right. i definitely had that before like Previously, I was always like, wow, Suck Out the Poison was such like a left turn for He Is Legend. But then like listening back, I was like, no, there's a lot of those elements in here, but just not fully fleshed out that they would go on the next record. Mm -hmm. I also said that funk breakdown is so good. First, yes, the bass Mm -hmm. at 251. Yep. Where they do the chorus with just bass and oh yeah. Okay, yes. Josh, should we just have oh, the the best. sweet sweet bass sound effect just play? It's the whole episode really yeah, low like throughout yeah, the entire. The thing. Thing. It should just be like a music time. bed throughout. Yep. Just, um, people won't get tired of that at all. They'll yeah, love it. No, it'll be no, great. No. And um, then I I, I I love another uh, lyrical just peppering in like the how about a little fire scarecrow there? Yes, like, okay, mm-hmm. and, and that it, brings it back to like the classic Hollywood thing too. Yeah, like, there's a lot of those mm-hmm. weird little references. But like, and he mm-hmm. does it in a way that I don't feel like feels cheaper. Like I'm just gonna put this here as like a reference we all know. Like like you said, TJ, he's doing everything no. very tastefully and thoughtfully. Yes. Because he qualifies it later. There's definitely like a full kind of... Uh, there, there are these little like mentions, like little hints at the Wizard of Oz thing. And then he finally goes full Wizard of Oz at that point with the Habitable Fire Scarecrow. Because then he follows it up with, you've been dreaming again about having new friends, which is... Mm, Dorothy. Dorothy. So now... Right. Okay, so so just stay with me here. We've, so got, we've got our pre- so protagonist, <laughs> which is Juliet, and also... You know, your Princess Peach paradigm. You've also got some Dorothy vibes and how she thinks about going to another land, dreaming about how great this world is going to be. But she's not thinking about the Wicked Witch or the fact that, you know, the great and powerful Oz might just be a man behind a curtain. But she's starting to pull that curtain back and kind of figure stuff out and seeing that, that dark underbelly. I also... Like the beginning of that is the beginning of this song. Can you find my angel? Angel maybe being a reference to L.A. 
City right. of Angels. Mm. She crawled under the bed. I think that's like seeing the dark side, the underbelly of a culture and a world that she thought was all glitz and glamour. I thought I saw her breathing, but found out she was dead. They, whether it's the parents singing this or the, the Romeo character, I think they're giving up on her or having a moment at least of thinking right. she's gone. Like she's but, still alive, yeah, but yeah. in all, also, in all like practical like, ways, her soul is dead or whatever. Right. And just on its own, the the line I planned this day for dying, but now I'm feeling fine. Mm-hmm. It's just yes. so freaking good, man. It's so it's good. so dark, but it's so good. Like mm-hmm. whether there's you know maybe some pills involved, is there like some moments of brief suicidality? Is it a depressive moment? Like is it just is it just like kind of cynicism over the industry right. over life? Well, that like, gave me real. It could be so many things, right? It gave me real like Barton Fink vibes by Coen Brothers. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm mm. not. I'm not. It, it's not a spoiler at all. Okay, but cool. Just, just like very generally, like vibe wise, of just the kind of like hopelessness that you're mm-hmm. kind of which which I mean you you could attribute that to like any Coen Brothers movie of like any a character that's movie. like like I yeah. thought about killing myself, but you know I think I'm okay right now. You know, like yeah, with a wink, but, and, right? It's a black yeah. comedy, like yeah, it really and, uh, is. Yeah, meant with a sense of humor. <laughs> God, it's so. And good. like, can't you feel these dreams? It's over. The baby that you know stopped breathing could be literal, or it could be metaphor for for that dream or that like life future that that she was like holding on to. And and I don't know. The creature is walking. It's like this is where my my take gets a little hotter. But it's like. I don't know if the creature is L.A. anymore or if it's possibly her. Right. Well, um, OK, but creature. but but that ties in perfectly to the track before the whole like exploitative mm-hmm. B movie thing. This is like mm-hmm. this is the beginning of act three for like one of those first projects. That's like a like a super exploitative like B horror movie the the Mm -hmm. creature starts walking but then you tie that into this is still kind of the beginning of her journey and then like when you've gotten a little bit of experience like enough experience to think that you know what's going on but then in retrospect it's like oh no you you still don't know what the hell you're doing you're still a part yeah right Yes. I just want to music. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page while we're talking about all this though that and for the listeners out there just to be clear we can talk so much in depth about this because the music completely rocks. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't it's, know. It's otherwise so we're just going to be Emery all over again. We're like right. I mean it's so good, right? What else yeah. do we say? Like all the music right. is just solid. Well, yeah. well I it so, is and I want to ask sure y'all what, what the Oh yeah, completely. I want to ask y'all what this reminded you of. There's the moment at 145. It's like a little guitar break. And then it goes to this really weird thing where the guitar like just takes the whole song in a different direction. Um, And I wanted to ask y'all what it reminds you of. Like, it's almost like Shiotos or something, you know? Like Yes, yes. Mm. You know Very what I mean? Like, like prog rock inspired metalcore. Metalcore, yeah. Yeah. I, want, I wondered if there were other bands that, that 
reminded yeah, y'all no, of. I, I, was like, I, what? Who else was doing this kind of thing at the time? I, I wrote that in in my notes for a later song. It it felt very Chiodos. Nice. Glad I wasn't just pulling that out of thin air. Because no. I'm not I'm not the metal guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I, <laughs> it's like I think this is right. I think it's like yeah. sounds right. <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on because uh, we're only two, three, three tracks in. Track number four: the greatest actor alive or dead. Again, perfect sequencing. Like oh, yes. you go mm-hmm. from the super high energy, you dip down, you kind of go up a little bit. Also, this right here. In the intro, like fourteen seconds, the the twin harmonies that felt like Boston, right? Yeah, very classic rock. It's super classic rock. And I want to take this opportunity to mention how seamlessly and frequently uh, he is the legend across this album. Just flips back and forth willy nilly between four and six eight. Like they're just like, you know what? We're gonna (laughs) we're gonna do this in four. Okay, now we're in six eight. Yeah. It could feel like three. It could feel like three, four. We, we, you don't know. We don't know. But it never takes you out. It never hurts your head. It always right. feels so effortless and so correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked about briefly, too, in part A, maybe bringing up our least favorite songs on the record. Okay. Oh. Yes, Have we, we hit either of y'all's favorite or least favorite? I will say I'll go first. I'll say I had a hard time. I'm still between a couple for my favorite, but this was like Mm -hmm. always traditionally, I think what the one I would have said was my favorite that I Mm. always really liked. Yeah. I love the chorus of it. I think it's really fun. So I don't know if I'm going to say it's my favorite tonight, but I've always really Mm. enjoyed it. Okay. Are you going to say it's your least favorite? No. No, I okay, I forgot. Okay, good. Well, I texted you guys. That's, yeah, I was worried I that's said, where you were going with that. That's what I, said, I thought too. Yeah, funny said, you take it, this as a chance to bring that up. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I said I said it's hard. I I don't think I can pick a least favorite because it's sequenced so perfectly, and every song mm-hmm. has so much going on. It's like even if there's like a part that I maybe don't love, by the time the song ends, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was that was like perfect. That was perfect yeah. for this mm-hmm. place in the record. And it's over so fast. Well, and he right. is legend in general, as like they've had done, what, six records, I think, at this point. They always, even if there's a song that I'm like not liking with them, like where I'm like, I'm not crazy about this song, they'll always do something in the bridge where I'm like, and there it is. I love it. Like, yep. like I can not like this whole song and then they do something in the bridge and I'm like, that makes it all worth it. And I <laughs> right. know there, right. there's always going to be one moment in every He Is Legend song that I'm like, I can't deny that. I love that yeah. part so much. Yep. Exactly. The rest of the song I could oh, hate, so but I exactly. love this bridge. Exactly. Like, they do it the every time. out of my brain, Josh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> every it's single so time. True. Yeah. Dude, I love the do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. in the chorus, it's like it's so poppy, and it like kind of yeah. comes out of nowhere. It shouldn't go there, and yet somehow <laughs> it is there, right. and it works, and you don't even yeah, question like, it. Like that's almost like it's way more on the on the emo side of things. It's more like Spitalfield or even like Daphne mm. Loves Derby or something. Mm. Like mm-hmm. like it should not work for this band that three songs previous had the 
death metal scream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does. It does. It 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 comes at like the perfect point in this record. And then like match with that like that super fast guitar line going in the chorus. Super yeah. I love the lead yeah. line in the chorus. 221, sweet, sweet bass. And my biggest note on this was like, how did I not become a bass player? <laughs> because imagine, <laughs> like I said earlier, I discovered this album and plans. Oh, and yeah. Like like very close yeah, to Nick each Harmer, other. Right and there, they both yeah. like yeah. landed completely with you that the whole thing was like oh my god like bass is a real instrument that can like do its own thing a melodic magic carpet ride absolutely (laughs) play bass the melodic magic carpet ride (laughs) that's right that's right i could see piling on that carpet right now Mm -hmm. uh we have to talk about twice in the song they reference flying to the moon yes the frank sinatra Mm -hmm. um I also saw online, so like I said in part A, I never actually owned this record because I got swindled. <laughs> got conned out of it. <laughs> All the lyrics that I found was, he says, the morning after, I'm stuck in your throat. Mm-hmm. On Spotify specifically, they have it listed as the morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-G. Mm-hmm. Both of those are are capitalized. So it's like morning mm. rather than like like the time of day, like the yeah. season of, of, of morning. And I don't know if that's totally accurate. I wanted to ask you guys. I don't know. Yeah, I, what I've I seen is... I pull up my CD, but it M-O-R-N. Was, I couldn't find it. I don't know. That's interesting. Either way, it's um, a great fucking line. It is. It is. And... I in in my weird interpretation, this is where like Romeo decided to finally follow Juliet to LA, and mm. he landed himself uh, an acting gig, and and he is the greatest actor alive or dead. He's maybe undead, but he's maybe a werewolf because he's <laughs> flying to the moon. You know, like right. I, there's I, definitely I, a lot of werewolf stuff in this. Yeah, record. there's there's more of that happening, and like maybe. Just as light poured in the room, I saw it once. It disappeared, and so did you. Maybe that's like the morning after he changed. Mm-hmm. You know, he got his big role. He went and did the the gig, and then that night he turned into a werewolf, and he became part of the the evil underbelly of Hollywood that you know everybody warned them about. Uh, he became a part of the problem, and then the morning after he woke up and like kind of is feeling this regret, feeling this loss. He still hasn't found Juliet. He doesn't know where she is. He's remembering her. He's regretting kind of like losing her the morning after I'm stuck in your throat. Like um, he's he's maybe like reflecting on like, you know, reminds me. uh, I left my mouth wide open. It reminds me of you choking. I can't seem to breathe when you're here. He's like remembering her. So his life and kind of regretting it. In your interpretation, did Romeo kill Juliet? Well, I don't think she's dead. I think she's oh. still running around in L.A. Okay. That's she's cool. still doing her thing. He's and just he's devouring trying to, other he's trying victims to figure stuff out too. when he was a yeah. werewolf. In the oh, night. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's just mangling. Like, we mangle facts. He's mangling the, the people of L.A. With his poor, werewolf powers. Yep. Poor victims <laughs> of the system. It's true. 
Oh, yeah. so this is from his perspective. I yeah. want to say one last thing is that I really like how this song ends and it's like getting like super hectic and discordant. And then yes. it ends with like a single, just pretty guitar chord right at the end. Like that's just how it so ends. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Which like, what transitions perfectly into the next track. Track number five. My first note is, I mean, come on, it's China White. Like, <laughs> great. Yeah, what, so, what else do I have to say? <laughs> so, Correct job. I, I, I don't know if this is a quote unquote hot take based on what is expected of me on this show and specifically this album. Guys, this is my favorite song on the record. Oh, I fully expected it to be I Am Hollywood. For sure. Yeah. I I mean, like, duh, like that song is undeniable. But that's cool. I like this song does way more for me than 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 it it does something different for me than I Am Mm -hmm. Hollywood does. And this is Mm -hmm. my favorite. This is my most. Well, I would say I Am Hollywood is probably my most listened to track on this record. Yep. But this is hands down my favorite. Mm. I like that. Um, okay. So first off, the guitar tone throughout this entire yeah. song. The the clean guitar and the kind of dirty like lead guitar, that is exactly the kind of guitar tone that I want in every song that I ever write. I, I just want right. that. The bass tone is exactly what I want in every song. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The drum tone is exactly what I want. Like, like sonically, this is a perfect song to me. Yeah. 10 out of 10, no, no notes. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like the production on this album is really unique. Like, it the drums is, are okay. not in your face. Like, but, no. but let's but talk it about it. Matter. Let's talk about yeah. it. Okay. Let's talk okay. about it. The drums specifically. I, I really want to dig into because I really noticed on my listens through this week, they're like a little flabby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like they're not so highly compressed. They're not like, like, like the Chris Lord Alge, like highly compressed drums. The, the kick drum is compressed to hell. Yep. Um, That's but I think, yeah, exactly. I think it <laughs> needs to be context. The, <laughs> the the toms specifically and he does a ton of tom work on this mm-hmm. record uh they feel super live yes like, the whole thing sounds like, really roomy other yes. than like the bass being the kick being very compressed exactly but there's like there's a ton of attack mm-hmm. but the the actual tone of the tom drums sounds a little shitty but mm-hmm. they're up so high in the mix and that attack hits you so hard that it does not matter. Yeah. And it makes them ultimately, I think, better. Yeah, mm. because they sound like right in your face. There's like a visceral nature to it. Like Wow. That's it because you also like complained about the Tom sound on Bless the Martyr, which Adam D did as well. Right. But so. I think I, I I think this is what kit. Adam D. I think it, this is what he was he like, was going for with Bless yeah. Smarter, but I think he he wasn't 
maybe necessarily experienced. Yeah, it was three enough. years earlier. So right, right, and I right. think he figured it out in that interim. Yep. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they feel like like it, like you you feel every Tom hit, mm-hmm. and it feels like they're almost kind of like really loose drum heads. Mm-hmm. But and it like, feels like, like I feel like you're he, right there. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's so it feels so live, and and I also wonder how much EQ carving happened because I really feel like, as we've said many times, there's so these songs are so full, they're jam packed with like sonic information, and there's mm-hmm. like so much happening. There's the bass groove, and there's the different guitar parts. There's the vocals like cascading throughout the song in different you know EQ spaces. And I'm wondering how much like carving of the drum sound happened because it feels like some did to try to right. create more space for the string instruments and for the vocals to really show up because nothing in this record feels out of place or in, or like overly intrusive. But there's right. so much going on and I just don't get it. Like I'm just, like, <laughs> right. it blows my yeah. mind. I'm like, like, how? like my brain cannot comprehend how this was Without mixed. it feeling muddy or like, blown well, out. You know? Well, I felt like, and I turned it on again last night and then I was like, huh, I don't feel like there's a lot of low end in this record. And then I like put on right. some like good headphones today because I wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's not. And I've never noticed mm-hmm. it before. And I feel like the drums are a little smaller than I want them to be. Like the guitars yep. are huge, which makes sense because Adam D is a guitarist right. doing it. And obviously the guitars are great, so it's fine with them being huge. But like it's there's not a ton of low end overall and then like like today i listened to this and and i listened to suck out the poison and like that sound that production is a lot more full and yeah yeah yeah, and i preferred that one honestly and i was like oh there's not a lot of it's a lot of like mid and highs in this record so Mm -hmm. obviously the bass is there and you can still hear maddie going to town doing all the awesome stuff but it's I think yeah, you lose or you're losing a lot of like the low end. It's all like the low end down here is not much, but as it gets upper frequencies, you that's where most of the meat is in the yeah right for this record the substance yeah yeah yeah. But, but I, it makes I think sense that, that the song would be your favorite <laughs> because it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's just like part it's so part. weird. And it's it's so and it's kind of shoegazy. Like it's like it's ambient. It's you know, very shoegazy. Mm. And I mean. I, I like the way that it builds because y- mm-hmm. you also like it's very deceptive in that like you mm-hmm. feel like it's this like you feel like this is going to be their ballad right? right and then it gets so fucking chaotic right at the end yeah yeah uh and so heavy I I, I have to say well I mean we have to talk about the blind melon interpolation yeah i wondered if you'd bring that up oh of course like like, when you mentioned it inside part a i honestly never knew what it was so explain it to me like i don't know what it is i didn't know but i knew there was some kind of no the 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 whole part of like i don't understand why i sleep all day and i start to complain Mm -hmm. when there's no rain is from the song no rain by blind melon okay and so you know that that already is just like a classic song that is i mean that that is probably in the pantheon of like i would say like 100 greatest songs of all time whoa that that lead line like 
it's 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 perfect and it fits like lyrically it fits within the imagery of mm-hmm. of of what's going on in this song mm-hmm. what i like about this is like it's exactly like halfway through the record mm-hmm. and it feels like kind of a detour from from what we've been talking about mm. all of the you know and and lyrically this whole song is about like a gardener and like mm-hmm. growing plants and all this stuff. So, so the, the, the no rain thing makes sense. But right. also if you take it on the kind of deeper level of the lead singer of blind melon, Shannon Hoon died of an overdose in 1996. Mm-hmm. That also fits in within the kind of larger theme of what I think mm-hmm. this, this record is about of like, of achieving fame too fast of not being able to handle it. And then something like hmm. really dark and bad happening Getting to the you. best of you. It, it felt, yeah. it, it felt super intentional that that was specifically the line that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And the best part of it for me is that musically what's going on right there and right after at 2.46 in the song, literally mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments in music. Of all time. Of just music, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Of all time. Uh, because you have the arpeggios on uh-huh. on the guitar, that do na 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 And the bass, he's doing, he's he's finger-picking mm-hmm. the there. The bass. And he, he's so just good. doing like like sixteenth notes. And then he does a little fill, which is yeah, so fucking a good. Busier. And then after that, the bass takes over that and then the bass starts doing the arpeggios of of those chords. Mm-hmm. Matching what the guitar was doing. Yeah, it's so perfect. So fucking good, man. Uh <laughs> And then yeah. it just builds I, I into was, this just chaos. Yeah, it explodes. Like, it, it just grows and just, like, expands. Even and without it rain, up. it grows. Even without exactly. rain. Exactly. And, yeah, it all fits, yeah. like, lyrically. Like, it's a microcosm of all the things I love about music. <laughs> it's, like, just in mm-hmm. this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kylan, I, I want to go back to you saying this is your favorite song because... I was really struggling of what I would say is my favorite song because there's so many to pick from here. But I'm like, and I I was like, ah, do I pick my traditional favorite? I don't do I pick the seduction and my basic. But I'm like, I don't know. This is the song that I feel like I have the most respect for. That mm-hmm. I'm like, because it's easy to be like, oh, the seduction and I am Hollywood are great, and yes, they are. But this one, exactly. it's China White. Like I don't know. Like it's the middle of the record and it is the one that as I've, as I've grown older, I'm like, this one is, and obviously they love it because they did China white two and three. And then they've they've continued having a garden saga on like Mm -hmm. it, it changed into the garden. So I don't know what it is on heavy fruit, but they have returned to the garden on few. And then they have, or that's on uh, endless hallway. And then they have a song called the garden on few. So they've like, they have this 
theme Skylar's kept going to this mm-hmm, and right. keeps it going. So I don't know. I I was I wasn't sure what I was gonna say my favorite song going in this episode, but I think if I had to choose, I will probably join you with China yes. White because I was already leaning towards it. And I'm like, yes, I think I had to pick it's China White. It's so good, man. It is and so like I said, good. It feels like lyrically, it feels like such a detour. It feels so self-contained to the point that like it makes sense why they would want to keep coming back to this, especially mm-hmm. like Skylar as a lyricist, because I even love he says early on, like, you better buy a gun. And then he repeats that with "You better get your gun." Yeah, you see them mm-hmm. watching you. It's like, it's it's so like horror There's movie in, to it. inspired, yeah. like all of this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just some strong like thematic writing, like that coming out of the Blind Melon line, the the line that follows. I don't believe in miracles, but I believe in you. Like it's so, it's you could you could feel it as a cliche if you just read that. But the way he delivers it, mm-hmm. you know, because he repeats the I don't believe in miracles. Full stop. Right. Oh, wait, no, we're not done. I don't believe in miracles, but right. I believe in you and the delivery, the performance, like really sells Which, that line. And yeah. And, and you could it's even profound. tie that back to like the whole garden thing of like using miracle grow on a garden. Of like I don't believe in miracles, <laughs> right? Like that—that's that, how—that's how I no. Like I know that's like he's funny, like talking like, to his plants. <laughs> kind of. Like, I believe I think in you. So, I, I think so. I don't believe in miracle I, grow, but I believe in you. God, I personally I think plant. so. Like I don't believe in miracles. No, I like, like that. It works. Gonna, yeah, it works. Like, like it, it feels like exactly that kind of like sense of humor that happens throughout this mm-hmm. whole record lyrically. Mm-hmm. Completely. My the way I was fitting this into the the overarching narrative is the gardener is Romeo and he's like he's still sort of reflecting on the relationship with Juliet and feeling her loss and she is the garden their relationship is the garden that he no longer gets to tend right maybe I'll miss you then with no garden to tend like I'm your gardener he's still like kind of like trying to say like I'm loyal to you and I, I want to find you even in this in the midst of this chaos and like evil and even as i'm turning into part of this insanity and joining this you know craziness like i still i believe in you i don't believe in miracles but i believe in you you know right it's this kind of like fallen like these fallen angels they 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 know that they're like nature has been tarnished or whatever and they've like absorbed these habits and maybe thought patterns of a of a system that they've been co-opted into but they still believe in themselves it's it's like the 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 kind of young love like brash bold hope right believing in love kind of thing which is powerful too and the garden uh metaphor works right for the relationship god it's so good it's just so good it's so (laughs) good guys oh this record so good we have to end the scene with china white and move Mm. to act three Act three. Act three. Track number six, Best in Mexico. More sweet, sweet buzz bass. Oh, yeah. So, like, angry and chaotic, that intro sequence. Mm. That little tiny section. Yep. Okay, so I'll say, traditionally... This is the part of the record where things go from like great to good. 
Mm. And like I do the agree. first I yeah, the first five songs I've always like have always been standout tracks to me. And spoiler alert, the last two tracks have always been standout tracks to me. So mm. these three of six, seven, eight have always been like yeah, they're good. I don't dislike anything that's happening here, but mm. if they weren't on the same level as the others. So when Kyle was like, it's, I can't pick a least favorite song, well, I'm like, well, I know it's probably going to be one of these three if I had to pick one, but I don't know which one it will be because they kind of always just run together because I just listened to this record in totality. And so I'm just like, this card, it kind of, right. yeah, not like it dips necessarily, it does dip, but it dips into good instead of great so that's kind of where i was at going into this no that's fair i think i definitely was having a lot of fun mostly on this song listening to the drums and the way that again this is a prime example of how they just like slip from four four into six eight and back and forth i think there might even be some bars of seven on this song the drumming on this one really like drew me in yeah and i think that was kind of the 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 saving grace for me on this song but i agree i i I don't know that it's like the most strong track on the record a thousand percent agree with both of y'all like all of my notes on this song were about the drums which were all Mm -hmm. things that we already talked about uh because yeah i do agree it goes from great to good I, I would probably really say good. this is yeah. the, the this is my least favorite track, yeah. but it also makes sense for it being at, at like this point in the record. And like we talked about before, there's so many little parts of it that I'm just like, oh, but this is like so good. Yeah, it's got that a lot of great parts up, though. Lock me up, lock me up, like. And there's um, the sweet mm-hmm. guitar solo. Yes, yeah, that moment is like perfect as a little snapshot of what they do so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you can't fault the song. You're like, okay, I love it. Never mind. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. so great. <laughs> That's what I was going through listening to this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like it, it like it starts okay. Like it's an okay song, but where it's at in the record, it makes so much sense. Mm. I'm like, okay. This yeah. is good. I, I was worried going into this that this was gonna be another the question situation. So I was trying to like I was like, okay, how would I feel about this? Because a lot, of, a lot of the records we cover on the show are we're coming at them for the first time in some capacity or whatever. So I'm like, what would it be like if this was a record that Kylan brought that I'd never listened to? Like, mm. would it be something that like we're because we have a lot of albums where you're getting into it for the first time and everything kind of sounds the same or like you're like, oh, they have these kind of like two songs that they do really well. Everyone, every song is one of these kind of songs. Like, would I not be as impressed? But I was like. I it's hard to separate myself from that obviously but I don't think that would be the case at all because like there's so much happening whereas like other records you're like and especially with young bands like this is so they've been playing together for a while but this is technically their first record a lot of first records are kind of like one note like this is the song that we do and we're like just playing chords and like keeping like not a lot of dynamic changes and not a lot of like tempo changes and but mm. I mean, this is just this whole record is just so all over the place. It's so yeah. different, and like like we said before, like musically, like they're on a whole other level of some band that just got signed to the label that came out of Kansas City, and they're like, right. yeah, yeah, we know how to play chords and write a structured song right. enough. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, I've got like six really good hooks. 
and we right. can hang a record on that. They're like, no, yeah. we have a whole goddamn concept record. Yeah, and yeah, it, and, and, it slaps. and every musician <laughs> is firing on all cylinders too. Yes. Like, yes, the musicality is off the charts. Yeah, it's crazy. So I was like, even if I was approaching this today, I think, and I mean, like, I did, I got into this record. I was eighteen when I heard this, and like, mm-hmm. it blew me away. And I'm like, I think I would have a similar reaction today. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it so does not feel like a first record. It mm-hmm. feels like like a third or fourth record, right? Right. Like like maybe the record that is just like a little too out there for their standard fan base, but right. they like, came let's make right out the first one. Like yeah, which which ultimately. Like I said, like that's why it was so hard for me to connect with the rest of their discography because this was such a singular piece of art. I mean, there's no way you could replicate this. And it is very obvious that like they did not want to mm-hmm. replicate this entire album. And it it ultimately made it kind of hard initially to connect with so much of their other stuff, but it makes me respect them like as artists, like so much mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. It really brings you in and makes you realize like a lot of work and like passion and thought went into this thing. Yeah. Like when you take a second to, to kind of break it down, like we're doing also, yeah. I've got a, another hot take surprise. Ooh, on the <laughs> on the got? interpretation of the concept, and it's a little bit of a spoiler for the last track, but I know where you're going. Okay, do y'all think that the first verse? There's something wrong with me. That's why I wrote this note. A note. I've joined the writers who believe they have the antidote. So I will go quickly now. Leave breadcrumbs on the street. I'll feel much better after I take my maternal leave. Do we think that I Am Hollywood is a callback to that when it opens with Heather's Gone, She Left a Note? 100%. legend was all she wrote. It doesn't make yeah. any sense logically because she's saying, she says more than he is legend in this right. yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? She says more than that. And later, we all we get is he is legend is all she wrote. But so in that case, this is from the perspective of our Julia character, right? Which we later find out mm. her name is Heather. Our, our Princess Peach, our Dorothy, our protagonist, one of which is being eaten alive by L.A. or being turned into the monster of Hollywood. And she's admitting, like, I'm being destroyed. I'm being, t- you know, taken alive and right. turned into a monster. Lock me up, lock me up. And, I, you know, I, I think that there's maybe even a, a little bit of a dance between, like, I could see this as the moment in the movie or the play where it's like the duet, but from different places, like, He's singing "Lock Me Up." She's singing "Lock Me Up." They neither of them have found each other yet. Hmm, they're both right. like realizing they've been oh, they've been turned, so they've oh, been like taken so to the <laughs> the dark side, and they're both saying like, "Remember that dream? Like it stings me all over again. It's bringing me down in the back of my head. Lock me up, lock me up." So if you can picture the werewolf and our Juliet character, and we don't know what she's turning into yet, but mm. I've got a theory later. Mm. I love Ooh, it. I can't wait to hear it. That's so love good. It. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next track. Speaking of the wolf of it all. Mm-hmm. Next track, The Walls Have Teeth. 
Watch out for those walls, guys. They have teeth. They're super sharp. Okay, so Josh, this is kind of what I was talking about. I don't have many more notes on this besides, guys, how great is that bass? More amazing (laughs) guitar tone. His voice is so good. Mm-hmm. I love the three little pigs yep. thing mm-hmm. of it all. This is yep. like three little pigs. I love the three little pigs of it all. <laughs> Me too. That's the beauty of the three little pigs is that you could write. I love that. That I think this works with like TJ's interpretation of the mm-hmm. concept record. It could also stand on its own as mm-hmm. like the three little pigs from the perspective of the big bad wolf. The wolf, totally. Yeah. And I just, I, I already just love stuff like that, where it's like, let's take something super familiar and write it from a different perspective. Totally. Yeah. And kind that's flipping, what this, this whole song is. And then if you, yeah. So, TJ, I'm curious how you interpreted this song. Well, lyrically. yeah. I, I've, got an, I've got an interesting take on it, but I do think that uh, it's worth mentioning that I also read that. This is track seven, right? Track seven on Suck Out the Poison and Heavy Fruit, two other albums by his legend, also have like the Three Little Pigs Wolf kind of um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's so cool. not only do we have China White sequel and threequel, we also have like the kind of pig wolf scenario showing up oh, again. Oh, yeah. That's um, really cool. That's like, it feels like super secret. feels like yeah. an Easter egg. Uh-huh. I Yeah, I think that like, it's specifically the our Romeo character, the wolf. It's his his, his um, splitting consciousnesses, fighting each other. The, the pigs are are Romeo, you know. They're like, and the wolf is the wolf that has overtaken him and is trying to take over. But they're at the core. There's this sweetness of like dreaming of a flawless escape. Like like deep down, there's like a level of innocence where he's like, I I don't know what I've done. Like I don't know what I've become. I just want to get away. Like, I want to like be, you know, separated from what has overtaken me. Well, okay. So here's what I love about the idea of this being a concept record is I think the answer might be somewhere in the middle of where you and I sit. And Mm -hmm. it could also very much potentially be, Romeo follows Juliet to Hollywood, is Mm -hmm. jealous, and kills her. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this is like his internal guilt. Mm -hmm. And maybe possibly like being arrested for her murder. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. That totally has been an accident. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because if everyone's like doing cocaine, this is like a very like cocaine (laughs) record for me. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like there's yeah. real, I mean, that's the, the wolf is the metaphor, right? It's Hollywood. Yeah. Say that? yeah. Yeah. Let's just call it yeah. what it is. There's like real <laughs> cocaine vibes and it's like, Oh, okay. I was fucked up. There was an accident. Maybe it was he, the wolf. He called it in. Unquote. Yeah, exactly. And this right. sort of like drug induced version of himself. And then he gets yes. arrested mm-hmm. and then he's like dreaming of like an escape mm-hmm. and he sees himself as, as the big bad wolf. Yep. As he's, Dealing with the repercussions of, of mm-hmm. all this. Man, oh, it's just so good. It would just works Dang. on so many levels. Ah, this, and yeah, that, that's the thing is like, yeah, you can simultaneously, like you can so dig into this 
And mm-hmm. also, you can just fucking vibe, vibe out, man. Yeah. That's been my such a like, vibe-heavy record. I don't know what any of these songs are really about. Like, and I've always just enjoyed it for what it is. Like, I'm like, I don't know what these songs are about, and I still love this record a ton. And it doesn't so, matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Because the musicianship is so good. Yep. I will say, just because we have to pick a least favorite, this is mine. Just because oh, okay. I had sense. the big one, yeah, I, yeah. it's a little meandering, but I do love getting more insights into Skylar's writing, storytelling with like mm. three little pigs and like all of that we talked about. So I'm like, just because I have to pick one, I guess it's going to be this one. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it was either going to be best in Mexico or the walls have teeth. Yeah. There's like a, yeah. Yeah. Makes I just love that outro. The whenever you want it. You come get it. Get it. Like that feels yeah. very like like you can see suck out the poison coming out of that. Yes. yes. No. I said That's that like it southern breakdown. The fun chaotic breakdown points to he is legend's future. Yeah. And lot. okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was the moment specifically yesterday. I was driving down to Texas with my wife, and I was like, okay, at some point I have to listen to I Am Hollywood to make notes, and I know you're not gonna like it. <laughs> but I have to listen to it. And she like wasn't paying attention. And you, you know, like, like when you have songs really low in volume in a car, like the high end is everything that, that sticks uh-huh. out. And Isn't that breakdown is, is, is all like, like pig squeal, <laughs> like pinch harmonics. And that was the moment that I said to her, I was like, this is the inside of my brain. And she was like, oh, this is so stressful for me that that makes sense. Um, I also told her when I was trying to explain the record to her, I was like, okay, no, you don't understand. We talked about it in part A and I was able to like articulate. It's like, it's, it's really heavy. Like, I know you, you don't like heavy music, but like, it's really heavy. It's really screamy. But then there's like some like, weird jazzy stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. super adhd and she's like okay weird jazzy screamy music is a (laughs) hundred percent a turnoff for me like this i was like i understand i'm not selling it well but just listen and then she like thinks that's impossible to explain you cannot tell somebody about he is legend they have to witness it for themselves (laughs) and then we got to this point in the record and she was like oh this is so stressful i was like well, here's the beauty of it. This is one of my favorite records of all time, and it's almost over. <laughs> and you didn't even know. You had no idea. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, that breakdown at the end is just wild. Yeah. It's a yeah, fun kind one. Of rules. Okay. Uh, should we move on to track number eight? Do you think I'm pretty? Oh, yeah. Guys, do Colin, you think I'm pretty? Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, you're, you. a, you're a handsome, handsome fellow. Yeah. Thank you. Track number eight. Do you think I'm pretty? Before we get too far into it, should we play the TJ Smith lounge version of this song? Our speakeasy lounge version? (laughs) Yes. So let's play a a, a little clip of this. And then we can talk about why, TJ, you wanted to turn this into a lounge tune. 
<laughs> well, I think I think uh, allow me, TJ. I think after Romeo has had like conflicting thoughts, he wanders into a a lounge, an early like in the early morning hours, and he hears this song. Mm. I like that. That's good, Josh. So sad to call this song. That was so cool. good. That's such a good interpretation mm-hmm. of this song. Yeah, I just think good songs can work so many different ways. And I wanted to. It, I didn't. I didn't do this because I wanted to prove it. I just was so curious. I was like, this song has a really weird, like eerie minor key vibe. I was curious. I wanted to figure out the chord progression. And I was also like, could this work as just kind of a smoky jazz number? And right. I think it kind of does like, and it does feel like kind of to, to piggyback on your story to, to three little pigs piggyback on your story, Josh, it's like nice, very la la land. Like it feels like, yeah, you know, the prettier version of like the nightlife, the night scene of Hollywood, like the musical theater kind of level of it. It's it's like I see Ryan kind of playing the keys, and he's gonna right. turn into that werewolf, you know, eventually. I'd watch that movie with Ryan Gosling as a werewolf. Wouldn't you? I totally. Yeah, would. I would too. La La Land with Ryan, with Ryan Gosling as a werewolf. With werewolves. Yeah. Hell yeah. There is a very specific reference in the lyrics of this song that I don't know if you guys caught. Did you guys Blessing catch the any? globe with pestilence? Oh yeah, that's it. I was so excited. I was gonna what, what is it? What is it? I don't it? know what the reference is. Uh, I it, just know it sounds like a quote. It's a Wu Tang reference. It's oh, specifically yes. from Triumph. It's 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 a Method Man oh, line. Nice. He says, oh, "I cool. bless the world with pestilence." Right. Uh, and he is uh. legend is like. So I got into Wu Tang very shortly so after good. I got into uh. He is Legend, and when I found that, I was like. Holy what? shit! What like these like weird <laughs> metalcore guys are like referencing Wu Tang Clan? Like I just that's thought so that good. was so <laughs> rad. That's great. Okay, well that that changes things because I other than how much I loved that this was like also working as a smoky jazz tune, I was gonna say it's my least favorite on the album, but now <laughs> that. <laughs> There's like, like a random Wu Tang reference. Like, why? That's, because that's, he could. That's changing the whole thing. Because he yeah. could, yeah. And but the rest of the verse is so good. I'm trying hard to read your mind. Built the machine to travel time. Blessing the globe with pestilence. This is my magic residence. That's incredible. Which, yeah, and and I feel like that ties back into the like build a machine to travel time because that album came out either '93 or '96. So it was probably like when he was like in high school. Mm. And so it's on that a meta level, be... he's like throwing it back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, and it I works just... within the song too, because it's obviously like whether, I don't know, I can't figure out whether it's Juliet or if it's Romeo, but they're, they're locked up, man. And they're in like, you know, the loony bit. And as I as think it's uh, Romeo. I think Romeo killed Julia. Kindly referred to. Dang. This is him yeah, in, in I can the loony bin. Yeah. And he's and trying just that to like, idea of like back to like a happier time. Right. Right. Forget like the idea of forgetting the way the grass looks when it's wet. Like even that feels like a kind of line that you could pass over really quickly and not think about. Mm-hmm. But like when you like it calls a visual to mind. Like I can think about my backyard 
and like oh right. yeah during certain parts of the year like it's got dew all over it and it's like shining in the sun it's really pretty and he's you know if it is our forlorn romeo character he's stuck you know he may not know what that looks Locked like anymore. Away and he may not yeah. be able to see that yeah oh nice well there's an i i should have counted but there are so many guitar slides like pick slides mm. on this record where they mm-hmm. yep. there's one in the seduction i think there's two in eating a book and then there's one in this one and i'm sure there's many and many other ones throughout the record but mm. i don't know you can do it wrong but i feel like for when they always do it it's fun They're like yeah pick slide into this big riff kind of thing it's fun oh I, yeah i definitely allow it mm-hmm Especially when sure. the when the moment that follows is so metal and right and good. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, of course, you needed yeah, to slide you, into that. You absolutely made the right choice. Yep. Also, crazy to think that he made a Sound of Music reference in the same song that he made a Wu-Tang reference. <laughs> made a Wu-Tang reference, <laughs> That's right. crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next to the ocean where birds sing, these are a few of my favorite things. Like, okay, <laughs> just yeah. drop that. Put it all no, in it, there. It, it feels, it's on the He's same level as, it all. as doing Shakespeare and Mario. <clears throat> Right together, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's so it's good, so ambitious. Like, it's very audacious. But Which I'm never was, mad. Once about again, it. this makes so much sense for my brain. This is how my brain operates. <laughs> Which is, I love it. is why I want to get Skylar Kroom on this show because I just oh, want to. I just want to relate to another oh. human being who is like, I live my life through pop culture references. Totally. However, like varied they may be, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. All right, guys, let's move on to track number nine: "Dinner with a Gypsy." This is where, yeah, hundred percent, North Carolina's finest jazz band, of course. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was one that you probably showed me as one of like the first He Is Legend songs, probably. Like I feel like this <laughs> that was is pretty it. early into my introduction. <laughs> that feels insane feels right. and also makes so much sense yes, for me it because does. I yeah. this is also a contender for my favorite song on the record. Of course, because so, like, should be. like especially if you're coming out of like they're only chasing safety and. Bless the Martyr and mm-hmm. even like like early Devil Wears Prada and Bless the Fall and stuff like dogs can grow beards all over. And then you hear this and mm-hmm. you're like and you're so starting musical. to learn like how to actually play guitar. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I understand that this is really good. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it's very jazzy. Mm-hmm. You're like, why is this in here? <laughs> and why does it work so well? <laughs> that's yeah that's so the thing good. the idea of like a jazz infused metal song now feels like a little clickbaity but this right. was like way before all of yeah. that and i feel like it could have been so easy for this not to have worked for mm-hmm. like you have to one know enough about jazz to like actually do interesting stuff mm-hmm. like you can't just like fake it and so but right it yeah. actually does work yeah you guys, well, this is my favorite song on the record. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. That, that makes, makes so a lot of sense. sense. Yep. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm Hollywood in the seduction tie for second. Um, it's tough. So my it's, second place are like their basic 
Yeah. Just like yeah. ties. Well, but, it's, but this, it, this well, the thing here. about. Like, those were the, the bookends of all bookends. And, exactly. and record, I am Hollywood. Like, Thank you, Josh. Like, yeah. They're on, they're on such a different, like, such a different level. Okay, TJ. Yeah. What, what about this is your, why is your favorite? So, yeah, I love how it is, like, just interwoven with, like, jazz chops and interesting kind of ebb and flow to the song. I mean, just that jazzy outro alone would be enough oh, yeah. <laughs> to kind of make it like that sweet, sweet bass there is do, do, incredible. Do, 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 do. And it kind of descends into madness. And I also really like the lyrical themes in this one as kind of like you said, Kylan, like the walls have teeth, like it works on its own. And also in the narrative, I think this one is the same way. Like it has that, that Peter Pan kind of riff of like, is there a place we can go to teach the children not to grow, right? Like the boy right. who never grew up. But it also ties back to the to the China White thing of like right. the garden, like yep. you know, I want to yeah. sleep in late. Like I don't I don't want to grow this garden. Right. Yeah. And the there has to be a closer country where love can live near me. I just think that's an incredible line, first of all, and a great mm-hmm. idea. Um and I also think that that this is like the turnkey moment for the whole concept album. So for me, Dinner with a Gypsy is Juliet finally reckoning with how she is a witch. This is, she is the gypsy. She has been turned into this creature of this dark place. And it's her swan song. Like in the same way that we saw Romeo fighting with his like werewolf self and the the kind of Jekyll Hyde of it all, she's right. warring with with you know losing herself to this madness and becoming this witch character and trying to hang on. She's seeing hope. She's like, is there a place that we can go to teach, teach children not to grow? Which she's seeing hope. She's trying to like hold on to innocence and maybe like undo everything that she's done she's trying to go back home and be right. you know safe and innocent again but she also knows that that's probably that train's moved on down the down the rails and um she's feeling that regret and there may be a side of nihilism she's kind of losing herself and and being sublimated into this like kind of gypsy witch character and i think she's she's holding out for hope looking for a place to call home but she's also acknowledging like there maybe there's a place where lovers can't even remember where they met and heartbreak is so easy to forget as in like just throwing away all humanity like what it means hmm. to love what it means to be human what it means to connect with another person um what it means to be heartbroken and grieved um she's trying to like throw it out all out the door and just be kind of taken over by this witch energy there's someone knocking on my door no one lives here anymore right like she's sublimated herself entirely she's lost her humanity she's giving into it basically and that to me is like this weirdly powerful picture of like you know we all have those moments of like trying to choose our humanity or letting it go by the wayside and letting Mm -hmm. like our darker tendencies our shadow selves like consume us so on a conceptual level obviously like that's a big part of why I like this one, but it also just slaps. Like it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's such a good like jam. And this late in the track list too, I think that's another part of why I love it, is the fact that it can be this kind of deep. No, track on nine the hits and it's so engaging. Yeah, yes, you're like exactly. And they're bringing something totally new, and 
it's good. It's a long song. It's the longest. And you're like, yeah, I can groove on this a little bit longer, you know? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Like, like with so many other albums, you could see this being the last track. Mm-hmm. But Completely. It's not. But it's not. Oh, it's man. not. Guys, I just want to say, I there is one more. I just want to say this. I blame this one song for the entire reason why we would always have a jazz cool down after Del Sur practices where we would just play <laughs> try hard, poor jazz attempts because none of us actually knew how to play jazz. But right. we're like, we just did our Southern metal band practice. Like let's cool it down with some jazz. Some and jazz. It, I'm sure it was uh, so terrible. Great. Like it was never great, but we're like, it this is, matter. we're musicians. Yeah. That's I what wish we I do. could have been a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It was something, all right. It was something. All right, guys, (laughs) here it is. The last track of I Am Hollywood, the titular, the eponymous I Am Hollywood. Man. This song starts so hard. Uh, like this song ends so uh, hard. This okay. <laughs> it's 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 hard for me to talk about, honestly. Oh, for sure. Like I I, mm. I have no notes. Mm. <laughs> like it's just so perfect. This, this may be the perfect song. <laughs> it's like it, it really kind of is perfect. It's pure adrenaline. It's like probably the best high intensity nonstop closer track that we've covered so far. Yeah. Like, yes. Can y'all think of a better like high energy closer? No. Oh, man. No, I don't know so, that one exists. I don't know. Once again, going back to the fact that this is one of my favorite records of all time, like it's sequenced so perfectly, especially because you have Dinner with the Gypsy, which is like so jazzy, so chill. You're just like mm, vibing mm-hmm. out, and then you just like like you just end it with this huge bombastic. I mean, this song is yeah. two minutes and forty one seconds. Forty seconds, yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's so high energy, and there's so much that happens. So much happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's and it's a linear. I think it's the first linear song we've had on the record. Yeah, everything else has been oh, pretty right. traditionally structured. So, Mm -hmm. but what stuck out to me was like, it's appropriate. This song is called I am Hollywood because I feel like this has like so many quotable lines in it, which I'm like, I feel like that's not Mm -hmm. something you get a lot, like a ton of, but like you can quote this whole song. It feels like, it doesn't feel like song lyrics. It just feels like quotes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 That leave my daughter alone. It's the glamour that kills dad. I'm not coming home. I think I found something. This isn't Heather's handwriting. Yep. That's right. I said it. Yeah. yeah. It's literally the whole thing you could just quote. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, like yeah, you, you could do this whole song as like, like a slam poem. Yeah. And it would be <laughs> so good. Like, I hate sure. slam poetry, and this would be so good. If I just saw this in like a coffee shop, and <laughs> someone was just reading this out loud... I'd be like, oh, like, don't you like talk really to strangers? You know it leads to danger. danger. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be a big star one day. You're like, yeah, and then I'm and then that. right after that, yeah. snaps, shake snaps. that thing, shake that, that thing. thing. You're like, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, because that line is so good. And then 
it's like it's perfect to just yell at the top of your lungs shake that thing like ah oh, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh, i love it and then I love it. red carpet burns <laughs> Okay. That's so fun. Uh, this is going to go down in the record books, I think, as one of our funniest, like, misheard lyric moments. I was this week years old when I realized that the lyric was red, red, red carpet. I thought it was red, red, red Corvette. Red, red, red Corvette. As, oh, as in the getaway wow. vehicle. Like the kidnapper's oh, getaway vehicle. That changes oh. everything. The comfort in. It does. Yeah. It's a lot darker. <laughs> With the red carpet burns. Oh no! Yeah, in the hotel. That like, whoa, man, whoa. But I also have a a total twist ending for my uh, TJ's interpretation. Okay. Saga. Um, so whenever we're ready for that, but we can keep talking about the song. I mean, I don't need, like I said. I I have no notes. Like, so this is. It's not the first time in CGN history that I did not write notes about the last song. But, but for a completely different reason. A completely different reason. It's just because this mm-hmm. song is just so fucking good. Like, I didn't know how to yeah. write notes about it. It's just like, no, oh. yeah. One of my notes is like, even if you don't like heavy music, I dare you to not like this song. Like, right. And if you don't like it, like, tell us so we can publicly ridicule you. But yeah, no. I mean, I, I just want to like, know because I'll be like, <laughs> two and a half no, minutes. literally, like, how, how can you not? Like, it has, it has everything that, that, you need in a song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really so does. Good. It's got it all. Surprisingly, maybe my maybe my favorite part is the blood curdling scream at two minutes and eleven seconds. Mm. Where it so sounds good. like Skylar's just like shredding his vocal cords to bits. But it's just like catharsis. Like it's just like complete high intensity madness. The whole song, but also just that moment specifically where he's just yeah. Like, well, yeah, I mean, and just like the context and like the lyrics of like yelling and like the competing no, I am Hollywood. No, and like just how this song no, is like, no, guys, I didn't expect a, I a happy Hollywood. outcome in your story, <laughs> TJ. Mm, I no, am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. No, no, I am Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you. All right. No, I, you, I you am take Hollywood. It. You can no, take it. No, I am Hollywood. Uh, no, TJ. TJ. No, I am okay. Hollywood. Juliet becomes the monster. In this, this is like there she is. becomes the system. Okay. She's part. She is sucked into the system. So here's what and I'm envisioning. Heather's right? gone. So like, yeah, like he- I yeah. like your take, Kylan, of like Romeo became the wolf and ate, you know, like ate her in his kind of crazy, crazed fugue state. But I, but I like my version better because it has this awesome finale moment where. Okay, the parents, Heather's gone, she left a note, he is legend is all she wrote, go fetch the detective, I think I found something, this isn't Heather's handwriting. The reason it wasn't Heather's handwriting is like, she had been possessed by some other force, and this is the witch, this is the gypsy. It was inside her all along, but it took her going to Hollywood to have it come come up, bubble up, and take over. Mm -hmm. And we see all the people chasing, you know, like, running, like, driving their cars maddeningly through LA to try to find the hotel that she's been kidnapped at. And there is a kidnapper and they think they've got the upper hand when you've got the moment that they're thinking back on it's the diamonds and pills. Leave my daughter alone. It's a glamour that kills dad. I'm not coming home. And then all of a sudden from the hotel room, a giant Kaiju, witch bursts out of the hotel building screaming 
I am Hollywood. Watch where you point your finger. And then down the road at the insane asylum, the giant kaiju werewolf bursts out. I am Hollywood. You better remember. So now we have Juliet and Romeo kaiju style, like Godzilla fighting each other. Taking over. Taking over, destroying the city. Screaming at each Destroying other. Destroying the city that destroyed them. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the poetic justice of it all. Ooh. And the twist. Ooh. That's and so just, good. They just, they the just create so havoc. Rampage style. Y'all remember that game? Yes, Rampage was the It's best. like Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's like exactly... Okay, I get the exact same feeling listening to this song that I got playing Rampage back in the day. Exactly. That's it, man. And it's it's the wolf and the like the crazy witch lady. They're just like, dude, destroying it's the city. So it's just so no. Good. It's a yeah. <laughs> no, it's a whatever ending your story had to end in some kind of crazy, <laughs> unfortunate because of this song. Like I know it's going to end wild. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. There's no happy ending. Yeah. Full scale war. <laughs> uh, no, dang. that that is a way more fun interpretation than the like. She got swallowed up by the system right and because and it that's how it's the cautionary tale because it's like the system creates even more evil and then that right. evil like destroys the system and the innocent lives that are that were a part of it um, but she still comes out victorious kind of and like right the well, romeo yeah. character is like her side man you know like they end up together in the end. Aww. Exactly. It's like this weird dark love story that like has a <laughs> twisted happy ending. <laughs> They're stomping That's off great. into the Pacific <laughs> together. Holding hands. At sunset. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> Destruction in their wake. Yes. <laughs> but like so, so happy. <laughs> All right, guys. We did it. This took way longer than anticipated. But we listened <laughs> but to and talked about we, I Am Hollywood. We but, are Hollywood. Hey, we are I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. You are Hollywood, buddy. You are. Oh, thank Proud you. you. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> so, can we just like dispense with the formalities and say this was a bop for all of us? And so maybe we can just spend the time that we normally spend like articulating why it's a bop or a flop and just explain why this record connects with each of us yeah i like that okay man i can try cool. this yeah. thing bops so hard it hurts yeah so. it's, 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 <laughs> guys there's only three of us and it's still somehow a quadruple bop <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> we don't know how we did it we manifested another bop yep. a spiritual so bop. josh yes. in 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 your spreadsheet just put this as a quadruple bop. Quad bop. quadruple bop yep yeah. it has to be that's right um that's okay correct. For me, once again, like there's just so much to dig into lyrically mm-hmm. that yep. I just love. But you can also just vibe out. Like it's just such yeah. a vibe guy record. Like like you can also it just really completely is. tune out to all of that. And it does not matter because the record holds up on its own musically. Like, this does not feel like a first record. Like, it feels like such an intentional record that it just 
absolutely blows my mind. Well, yeah. and I think like that I keep remembering this came out in like 2004 because it seems like this would have been this would have come out like a couple years later. Yeah, it does. Like, feel... They're like way early and like ahead of the curve and like yes, yeah, yeah. So, what about you guys? Why 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 does this feel like such a big record for both of y'all? What do you think, Josh? Oh man. I mean, I got great memories attached to it of Kylan introducing me to it. And I remember just like driving when I got the full record myself, driving down to Austin, like listening to it and just like, just loving it, loving it. And mm. like every song is like the same kind of intensity and there's just so much happening. And it's always something cool about to happen or just happening. And introduced me to He is Legend, who I <clears throat> still listen to and love today. And they're still going strong. It's, it's different. It was really cool because I've always viewed this as like not indicative of like the He is Legend sound because of what they would become. Like I feel like it hates right. you. is like this. That's where the true He is Legend sound like kind of got established. Mm-hmm. But through this last week of like I'm like, oh, there's you can see the kernels of where right. they would what they would grow into and where what they would become definitely on this record. So like that evolution was always there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what I can do to say how much I love this record. It's obviously a, a great big bop as big as the destruction of the final <laughs> yes. I Am Hollywood fight scene. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what else I can say, succinctly say it, but yeah, big bop. Yeah. I'm curious to see if, as we get through their discography, like how things shift for us because if we're starting off with this like kind of shared platform of just like he is legend super fan mentality like if we're all kind of there right then we're gonna obviously deviate a little bit in different ways Mm -hmm. so i'm really curious to see where we go from there um like i said i think in part a like we have it hates you in common josh we both love that album correct and I'm curious to see where we land with Suck Out the Poison, too. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but yeah, as far as this well, one goes, yeah, I, I mean, this, this feels like the perfect Venn diagram of like, yeah. it, it, is this the most CJN record of all time? Like, just solely based on the three of us? Like, it, yeah, it, think- hits, it hits all points for all three of us there's like mm-hmm. this super deep kind of concept record lyrical thing for tj right and then i have that in common with you but then also it's like super vibe guy and super mm-hmm. like adhd for me <laughs> and then <laughs> there's like i feel like of the three of us josh has most consistently been into like heavy music and so mm. there's mm-hmm. that for him and so it it just it's yeah well and even with like skyler's like writing things. like there's enough engaging parts about it to where like you can engage fully with it or you yes. can just be like oh i like because he's such a good writer i just like what he's saying and mm-hmm. that's enough right. kind of stuff so like you can yeah. engage in whatever level you want yeah and another big reason that i think i really connected with this one too especially when comparing it to a lot of other metal albums of the time that I didn't connect with as much is like, yeah, that combination of like 
you know, thoughtful writing that does get kind of heady and conceptual and interesting that draws me in. But like the big thing for me is the combination of that with the musicality and the production, because specifically the production on this album helped Skyler's vocals push out in front and like poke out in the right ways so that you can follow what he's saying. You can follow the story, even if it's loose, even if it's kind of like uh, transrational or like a little weird or vague, like you're able to hear what he's saying. Whereas like so many metal albums, like Screamo or whatever the, the subgenre, like I have trouble to be honest, like staying in with it, not just because maybe there's less interesting musical things happening. Cause that's also a huge strength of his legend, but I can follow what he's saying. I can actually understand what he's singing, even when he's screaming. Right. Like the production really like the vocal production work and his performance really, really connected for me because I didn't have to try hard. I didn't have to like squint at lyric books to like figure out the story. I could just like drive in my car, listening to this record and really let it wash over me and, and clock the story or, or like the ideas or the themes of the visuals happening. And, and, follow along with it in a way that was compelling and interesting and yes like north carolina's best jazz funk band ever um <laughs> i don't know yeah but there's nothing metal. like we could we could keep talking for hours and still not say enough but mm-hmm. the album rules sure. yo it's you heard great. it here listen to it quadruple bop quadruple bop <laughs> quadruple bop from the three of us from the three of us <laughs> yeah they've said You've heard it said that you can't triple stamp a double stamp, but you can quadruple bop a triple bop. Triple bop. That's true. That's true. And so this is getting the rare CJN quadruple bop from, from Badgie. The... Oh, That's yeah. what it yeah. is. A Badgie bop. There it is. There it <laughs> it's is. A badgie badgie bop. bopped it. Official Badgie bop. Do we talk um, about Badgie at all on this part A, or was I don't that think so. No, or in this no. section. Okay. Because I was. By the way, everybody, basement. no context. Badgie's yeah. been here the whole time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why we're having such a good time. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe Romeo didn't turn into a werewolf. Maybe he turned into he like turned a, into a badger. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Okay, guys. If you enjoyed this, we have much more nonsense like it on our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ChurchJamsNowPodcast. You can also follow us on all the social media at Church Jams Now. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together. And peace out, Mom Furs. Hey, Mom. Hey, I'm Hollywood. I am Hollywood. No, I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood.